Melissa. I just wanted to come on before you listen to the following podcast. We kind of figured we better start recording because we were, um, we knew that we were getting into some really interesting territory um, and it should be recorded because we are probably not alone in how things unfold this way. And as soon as Shannon saw my face, uh, we Zoom. So when we lo- when we logged in and she saw my face, she immediately said, you know, why do you look so melancholy? And I proceeded to tell her uh, why. And we hadn't started recording yet. Uh, so there's some context missing uh, of that conversation and how we got started into the conversation you're going to hear. So I just wanted to step back for a second. I wanted to let you know that uh, she noticed that I was feeling melancholy or saw that I was looking melancholy. And of course, I can't, you know, ignore uh, her, you know, being interested in me and what was going on and why. She's my best friend. She can read me like a book. <laughs> So I, uh, I don't know if we talked about this before in a podcast, but when Jay and I, my ex-husband, when uh, the first conversation we ever had, well, it wasn't the first, but it was the second. The second conversation we had where I felt like he was being very truth-telling about why he didn't want to be married to me anymore, uh, he had used the words you're be you're weak and needy and he said a lot of things that day but those words just really uh hit me to the core of my being and yeah that was a really devastating day so i say all that because that morning before shannon and i recorded this podcast I had found my old phone and plugged it in and I found some journal entries that I was reading and in way back in 2016 I had already spoken those words out in my journal and I had said them to Jason. So I had journaled in 2016 that I had apologized to Jason for something I'm not sure why and I just said I'm not I'm just being so weak and needy. Period. And I wrote, you know, just like Jason, he's always kind and, you know, tells me I'm okay. Thank goodness for that, you know. So then fast forward to 2018 in October, November-ish, he uses those words back at me. And I never remembered that I had said them first. So that's kind of the conversation that you're going to be coming into is that we thought it was important enough to just start recording and then when I'm listening to it it just sounds like what in the world are these people talking about so that's what we're that's what we're talking about um and if you haven't listened to the previous podcast that's titled past trauma it's probably a good idea if you go back and listen to that one because this next podcast is Shannon and I unpacking 
what happened with that podcast that I didn't even want to put out into the world. So, but it's out there. <laughs> so if you haven't listened, go, go give that a listen and then hit this next one and it'll be a little, make a little bit more sense. All right. We appreciate you spending time with us and here we go. So, yeah. So I was looking at my phone and I read that weak and needy. I'm, I said it. And so this now I've just been kind of off this morning. I journaled and Interesting. it's like I wrote, like I put those words in his mouth, you know? Yeah. Like I huh. spoke those out into the world, but it's true. Cause that's how I feel. I just have such a blank. I'm just blank about why I would even write that. Does that make any sense? Like, I feel like I have amnesia. Okay. <laughs> wait a minute. You just said how you feel. You mean felt, right? You don't mean you feel yes. that way now. I think I feel that way a little bit right now. Well, right in this moment, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, remind me, you're not on any medications. You're, no. You're not on your Selexa. Okay. Um, or Lexapro or whatever you were on. Um, yeah. I was a Lexapro girl. And I'm Selexa girl. Um, so I remember, I remember there being some struggles in that time for you. Um, and just you questioning some things and, but you never said those words to me. Like you never said, but you do hold some of that stuff close, even from me. And I do, I've recognized that more now in the last two years than ever that, oh, my best friend, I, I do know her, but she definitely keeps some things even from me close to your, close to your chest. Um, I think because you, you're very, you're just very protective of yourself. You're very protective. You, um, you don't want to come across as weak and needy ever. And which you think of as such a disastrous thing. You think of as such like, you might as well just go bury yourself in the backyard. Like it's over. But it's really not. It's really, if you, you gotta, let's, let's, um, Let's exchange those words for just vulnerable. Yeah. It's, it's, how is being just vulnerable a bad thing? But you know what? It goes back again to trauma. It goes back again to we are not allowed to be vulnerable because then we are victims. Then we cannot, we're not strong. We can't, we can't, um, protect ourselves. We can't, you know, whatever. We're not. We're not able to, you know, stand up for ourselves or whatever. Provide for ourselves. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I feel like just having just having the last podcast conversation and then having private conversations with you, which I feel like you have experienced too, that we've kind of unearthed some other things. Or maybe they're just things that have always been. They just kind of are rearing their head. And I feel like I need to figure out and explain everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily, do I really need to do that? I don't know. I don't know either. I, it's so interesting because the more, I feel like the more we fight, um, or the more we are like, 
no, we're good. We need to be past this. The more it's, we're dragged back into, no, it's not over yet. My stuff with my eating stuff. I mean, you with the, finding your journals and then the conversation with Rachel. I mean, like the scratching these things. Like you're yeah. like, wait a yeah. minute. It's very, yeah. So again, God, maybe God's just not finished with that piece yet. And again, maybe, and Leslie, um, when she, when I brought up to her, um, the issue about the, um, Queen's Gambit thing with the, the guy in the basement. Um, yes. And yes. I said, are we, and I, when I said, is there, is there a book, Melissa, and I can read to fix this? <laughs> this thought process is that we have. She's like, okay, I, I have to add, that you're I have to add that I just bought a book this morning. So in that vein, so go ahead. Oh, no. Lord. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Of course you did. Of course you did. I know. Um, I know. So, but, um, and I love that about you, but. I mean, even our therapist, who we just know is so freaking smart, right, and amazing, she's just, she's not sure that we're ever going to be able to not have certain thought processes around it. And again, um, it, it has also created who we are. Maybe we're kick-ass because of some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe there's certain things that, that we can accomplish and we have accomplished in our lives because of what we have gone through and because of those thought processes. I don't know. And, and I do believe that because I think even the Bible and the Lord talks about that, how he, he, and something that book I'm reading is really good about talking about how, who God is. That's what I think that's what it's called. I should go get it anyways. Um, and it's how humans, we always are trying to be like God. We want to know everything. Right. We want to know the beginning and the end. We want to know why things are happening. And we weren't built to function that way. But yet living in this world, we're always, you know, the enemy, just how he treated Eve, he treats us. And mm-hmm. why does God keep those things from you? And it makes you think that God is keeping stuff from me. And I don't, I know that's not true because I look at it how I can as an earthly person or as a mother, there are things I just didn't want my kids to be a part of because I know it wouldn't be good for them. It's not, it wouldn't go well for them knowing those things. So why doesn't my brain accept that truth for myself? And right. So it's just been a really interesting read. She talks about how God is, you know, the be- the biggest and best creator in the world. He's created everything. So it should be freeing for us to just be able to use what God's created to create. And I just thought that was such an interesting concept because when I look at all the flowers that um, um, Hobby Lobby has, and I can pick those flowers, or even in real life, I can go and pick sunflowers and pick hollyhocks and pick all these things and put them together, and it creates this beauty. Well, I'm just using the tools or the things that God has already used and made. Right. And I feel free about creating. But I just have some certain hang-ups about 
I feel I run with a lot of rebellion in my life. If you tell me I can't do something, it triggers me to tell you I'm going to go and do it, but in an obstinate and unhealthy way. But then I'm also, on the other hand, looking for permission and validation to do things when I don't need it. So I think I totally digressed in that. But I think the cool thing that has happened is that I'm still sitting in it and I haven't fed it any food. Okay. And for the last 12 hours, I have had, I've had the biggest ache in my stomach. And I didn't realize it until this morning while I'm journaling. And I felt like my body was, I felt like I'm out of body, Mm -hmm. but I felt like I'm trapped in my body. And I felt like it just anxiety, I think, was happening. And then I realized how it's something dawned on me, Leslie's words of where are you feeling it? Mm -hmm. And it was like right in my gut. And all I wanted to do was feed it. Like, what do I have that I could stuff myself with? And I wrote that down because I thought, okay, that is what's happening right now. Your addiction or how you have, how you have, like, numbed the pain Mm -hmm. is so active right now. It is wanting you so badly to stuff the pain with food. And you're just going to have to sit with it. And I wrote, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Right. So it's just been really interesting. And I again, I totally believe that God has me on this path. He never puts me anywhere that he doesn't want me to be. Yeah. So, and I have such great things happening. Yes. It's so weird that yeah. I'm such an emotional wreck. Well, again, isn't that, isn't that what Satan does? <laughs> you have, look at how the amazing things you have. So, again... That's what Satan does. That's what the enemy does is like, okay, all these things are going great right now. So what else can we do? We can scratch that stuff that can bring up all this crap, you know? So I think you're doing the right thing though. You're sitting, you're, you know, you're breaking the, the past cycles of how you used to deal in these moments. And I think that that's the, the most important thing. So yeah, that I'm not reaching. Yeah. Yeah, you're not trying to just stuff, food. fill, yeah, all that. Ugh. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> so uh, we are going to use this next podcast to unpack <laughs> the other podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> that at the time that Shannon and I are talking right now hasn't even been put out in the world yet. Right. And I'm hoping that after this conversation that I will just be able to just do it. Right. And it, it, I laughed about it last night, Shannon, because, <laughs> man, I think last night and this morning are just blurs in my life. Maybe it was this morning because I literally laughed that I have another pig ready to go to market. <laughs> oh, and I'm holding him back. Yeah, I'm holding this good pig back, yeah. you know. I'm afraid to take him. Yeah. And it's that podcast is another pig. Right. I thought it was just one pig, but apparently it's every pig (laughs) or not every. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a a little bit of, a little bit of, um, I guess, explanation here. Um, We, (laughs) 
we've done this a couple times now with our <laughs> podcast where where we've kind of gone out of order. And I think I think we should just make this one of our things. I think that we should do this on purpose now. <laughs> I yeah. think this should part, be well, part it's of just our, who we are. It is who we are. We're like, okay, no, this makes more sense. It's going to be like a puzzle for us, right? So, um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about the symptoms of trauma, and we've talked a lot about our lives and how the trauma has affect different things in our lives. And then we, were, you know, we we've said that we were going to actually have a conversation about that trauma, and um, we did. We put a podcast together, and and it was done really well. And then. Um, decided that we weren't going to actually go live with that. Um, and so it's sitting there. It's done. It's beautiful. And it's done. And we're not sure if it's ever going to air or not. We haven't made that final decision yet. Um, but we're going to unpack some things about why we did not air that. And um, and some of the stuff we've already been talking about this morning, you know, it's, it's just another one of those things where um, it... The trauma is one of those things that daily, and it's not that, you know, oh gosh, I can't go to work because something happened to me when I was five years old. It's not, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, Melissa and I have been fairly successful human beings. We've raised families. We've had jobs. We've paid our taxes. We've, you know, been part of organizations. We've, you know, we, we, it's not like we've been sitting in corners rocking back and forth in the fetal position. Um, but there's things. Not at all, like, actually. Oh. Yeah, not at all. Maybe we should have been. Maybe that's the problem. That's what I'm thinking. Know. Maybe I missed out. I gotta get in the corner and just suck oh, my thumb gosh. for a few days. But there's some things where you know, in your mind, you might think, "No, I can do this." And then when you go, it's like you're at the edge of the diving board. I'm gonna go dive. I'm gonna. I'm. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to dive into this water. And you get to the edge of the diving board, and you're like crap, I, I, I can't, I can't do this because something, and something's pulling you back. And I think that's what happens with trauma. You're like, no, mm, there's something that keeps you from doing it. And that's kind of what, what happens. And that's what happened. And, um, so we're going to unpack some of that stuff. It's going to, yeah, it's, we've had some private conversations and it's been good. And, and then my bestie came on zoom this morning and I saw, saw it all over her face. I knew something mm-hmm. was not okay with her. So, um, we've unpacked a few other things this morning and yeah, so, and that's what we wanted this podcast to be about too. It's real. You guys, if you thought that this was, this is not, uh, manufactured the bachelor or, uh, I know Melissa thinks survivor's real, but it's not, um, or the real housewives. I'm sorry. Some of that stuff is scripted y'all. Seriously. This is not, this is super real. Like this is in the moment live. Like, Melissa and I didn't sit down last night and say, we're going to script this out. So um, she came on this morning, and I could tell. And we had two conversations yesterday that were, you know, one of them was hilarious about my acupuncture. And then (laughs) another one was I accidentally called her, and she goes, that wasn't an accident. You're not going to believe what I just did right now. And so, um, yeah, this this is real life right here, folks. So, yeah, super real. Yeah. So with that last podcast, I do think obvious, I do believe even though we're talking about it now and it hasn't been released, it'll be released next Sunday. Okay. That'll be so. And then this this, this this one will be. This one will be released first or after it, you think? After. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we can kind of talk in that vein of that 
when they hear this, that other one has been going. Okay. And I'm going to trust my best friend because she said, (laughs) she listened to it and she says it's fantastic. And I feel sick to my stomach still about it, but I'm trusting because I think that's part of, of coming from trauma. You don't trust what's right. And I think that just keeps coming back in my life that I remember being such a young child and understanding right from wrong and how distorted that becomes in my own life personally when adults who should know what's right and wrong are behaving as if what they're doing is right. And when a little mind knows it's wrong, but yet the example says it's right. It's so confusing. Yes. And I feel like that's such a truth right now because I'm full of emotion about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the one of the things that I feel is very interesting is going into doing the podcast on the actual abuse. I was the more nervous and I was saying, I don't know that I want to do this um, because my, our circumstances are different. Um, and I was very, very reluctant. Um, I even had a conversation about my therapist with my therapist about it. Um, my kids, I was very reluctant and, and then thought, okay, and I trusted my best friend. So it was very, very interesting. And then we did it and it was so vulnerable and real and, and raw. And I think just, just helpful. I think it's, I think it's going to be helpful. And then I listened to it after Melissa said we did it and it was supposed to be released. And she texted me and she said, I I can't, I don't think I can release this. Um, And I said, and you know, being best, I just said, okay. I mean, I'm not even going to question it. If she's not feeling like she could do it, I'm not going to pressure her. I'm, I know my own feelings. I'm like, absolutely, we'll talk about this more. Don't do it. It's fine. We'll we'll figure this out. And so a week goes by, and then I listen to it, and I was like, okay, I, I understand where she's coming from, but this is this is powerful, and it's it's actually done so well. So um, I and I feel like. What really the spirit that came over me about it was I really feel like somebody, even if it's one person, I just had a spirit of somebody is going to be helped by this. Somebody is going to either have an acknowledgement of of their shame is going to be washed away. They're going to realize that they were not at fault. They're going to realize that you know, um, oh my gosh, um, I was not protected. Something is going to, positive is going to come from this. And what was interesting to me is that I would have been very easily, hey, we never have to talk about this. You know, it's fine with me. But that, that's been my issue though about it is like, no, 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 we don't, we don't need to, you know, don't need to really put this out there or whatever. And a lot of it has been more about protecting other people. I'm always about I'm never about doing what's best for me, ever. And that's been an issue for me, right? So um, I just think that it, it was, it's done really, really well. And 
I, if I thought at all it was going to hurt you, Melissa, I would not allow it. You know, I would be like, no, I get it. It is vulnerable. Absolutely. It's emotional. And I think that was one of the issues that you probably had. And I know that we talked about this. We talked about how Melissa was, it was very um, hard for her to hear herself be so emotional. And I think that that's true probably of everybody, you know, how, 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 how many of us have the venue to, to listen to ourselves be so distraught, emotional, bringing up past things and um, I think, and then just really reliving some things and that's not something people do every day. And first of all, we don't like hearing our own voices anyway. It's weird. And then you hear yourself being super emotional um, and I think that was probably a trigger for you. And again, you we've talked about this, you're feeling like you're, you know, an eight year old again. And that's hard. We're 50 years old. And yet we're, we're, we're going back to we're eight, we're five, six, seven, eight years old. And that's not an easy thing. I mean, so I think that um, your, your fears are valid. But I think it's going to be absolutely healing. And I know your heart with this podcast was to go before people and to meet people where they were at. And I think that's exactly what that podcast is going to do. So, yeah. And I'm looking at her face right now and I'm like, you guys can't see her, but she's like, okay, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I feel a little, yeah, I feel... I, I just wanted to step back a little bit because I, when I did text Shannon, it was literally five minutes before four o'clock is where my time is when we launched the, you know, when it's released. So I have it, you know, scheduled to release at four o'clock here. So I had it all ready and then I went to my sink and I had this visceral feeling of just panic and anxiety and I felt, yeah, I, I just that. And I thought, no, I can't, I'm not supposed to do this. I think I'm going to get in trouble. And it was so crazy and unable, you know, being able to talk to Shannon a week after was probably good for me too, because I was able to kind of sit on things and, and really think like, what is going on? Like, why are you feeling this way? And I had told her, yeah, I just felt, I have felt this level of like, I'm going to get in trouble. And I told Shannon that I don't remember ever hearing him say to me, if you tell anybody, you're going to get in trouble. I don't ever, ever remember him. I never felt threatened by him. So I'm wondering, like, why do I... But, you know, there was, you know, time where I never did tell anybody, you know, and there was fear involved and it was more of from my sister. And so she's the one who always felt fear. And I always felt such anger and just vengeance. Like I always remember feeling that feeling. But there was... So this is a new one. There was violence though and... As a child, you're going to equate that violence with, okay, if if 
I tell, like, maybe he knows, or if I say anything, this violence is going to escalate, or, or whatever. And you don't remember everything. No. And I do remember egging on violence. I remember him saying to me, so a lot, the older I got, the more physical he would get with me in, in violence, not with physical, not physical with me personally. He would be physically violent with me. And I just remember not feeling, not crying, not any, he would not physically know other than my little body peeing on the ground, you know, because I would pop right back up and, you know, tell him to, you know, do it again because he's not going to get me. Right. So it's just so interesting to me. I don't even know what to do with it right now. Yeah. 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 And And I felt like if I confronted him. Then it would, like, fix things, yeah, and it hasn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, let's just be very clear that that feeling of I'm going to be in trouble is an absolute, like, that's part of the whole pedophile and abuse package, right? That is part of the reason these cycles can continue and that they stay in the dark, is because people are so fearful. Um, A lot of times children either think that everybody in the household knows, so they just don't even say anything, because how can can everybody not not know what's going on? Or they fear, I'm going to tell, the family's going to break up, they think that's even going to be worse. There's so many different scenarios why children, first of all, children are children. They They can't play out the things. They don't have the adult cognitive skills to be able to be like, um you know, really play this through and see what could really happen. And you had no idea, you know, did your mom know? Did your mom not know? Um, you know, what would really happen? Would your mom have then, you know, kicked him to the curb and taken you girl? Who who knows what she knew, what she didn't know, what she was willing to turn a blind eye to? Um, what you, you didn't know. And then this transfers, you know, 42 to 46 years later into oh my gosh, if I tell the world right now, I'm going to get in trouble. That is a real thing. That is a psychological thing of you feeling like you're going to be in trouble. Whether that's I'm going to be in trouble or people are going to look weird at me in Bowling Green, Kentucky if they find out. I mean, like, that's that's just sad. You are not to blame here. Again, you're putting this on you and you had nothing to do with what happened to you. Happened to you. You are not to blame at all. I'm not to blame. You're not to blame. All of these children are not to blame. And the perpetrators make it, make us feel like we're to blame for some reason. You know, it's what we wear. It's what we say. It's how we act, whatever. Or they do it. And if you tell, they're going to hurt somebody. They're going to do this or they're, you know, you're going to break up the family Whatever that that's gonna be. I mean, I've I've heard stories of I'm gonna kill your dog. I'm gonna. I mean, it's horrible. These the things that people do. So, I think what you experienced after you heard it was that going back to being that child again of I'm I'm gonna get in trouble. And so you might not have heard those words from him, but he made you feel that way somehow. 
and he still does. Yeah, it it must be a common, you know, when you throw a ball against the wall, it comes back to yes. you. There must be common things that happen to a person to protect themselves, and they're not always understandable or make sense to anybody else. Right. But they make sense to the person that it's happened to. And I think, too, I've really come, become, because I edit the videos and I, I mean, I edit the podcast, so I hear our voices. And I've really come, you sound the exact same to me Mm -hmm. because I hear your voice every day. It doesn't sound any different. You know, I don't think of it. It sounds different. Uh, And I have become comfortable hearing my voice when I edit. But again, when I edited that one Mm -hmm. and I listened to it, you know, because when we put it together, I put it together. I do a whole listen through before I do anything. I don't edit at all. Um, I just listen to it. I hook our voices up so they walk together (laughs) and uh, and then I listen. And it wasn't until I listened to it all the way through with all the, you know, it was just perfect. (laughs) And just hearing my own voice the way it sounded it yeah i can't even explain what it did yeah. and that's what it like what it did it triggered me to be afraid and triggered me to feel exposed and in trouble and and i understand i like my adult mind understands all of that i understand that i'm not to blame in my it's like, I don't know who understands that. Does my heart understand it or does my brain? Mm. And then the other part doesn't. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to believe that I'm not to blame. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it's hard to, you know, for me, when people say survivor, I, like we have survived or and that's a lot of the stuff you read about victims and survivors. Right. Some people want to be labeled as victims and other people want to be labeled as survivors. But I feel like me even discussing it or having a conversation about it makes me feel weak and needy and not a survivor. Like if you're a survivor, you don't talk about it is kind of how I'm feeling. And, And again, I think that's a distortion of what my growing up did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I don't feel I don't feel that coming from you. I don't feel you sharing your story makes you weak or needy. It makes me feel inspired by you and, you know. So that's interesting. So you'll, if you haven't already, listeners, um, you'll realize that Melissa definitely has an issue with, um, with the words weak and needy. And um, (laughs) we, we had a, we had a conversation and I really do, and I don't know if it'll become part of this podcast, she might weave some of that our earlier conversation in with this, um, but it really is, you could equate it semantically with vulnerability, and um, which when you talk about being vulnerable, that's not really a negative thing. I mean, because if you're vulnerable, that's okay to be vulnerable, but if you're weak, that's negative. So it really is almost semantics. However... Something in Melissa's life has made her feel like weak and needy is just like, that's almost like criminal. It's like, it's the worst of the worst. You you cannot, weak and needy is you might as well seriously just, just tie it up. It's over. And so, um, I think 
for you hearing your voice and if that's the reaction you got like oh my gosh and it takes you back to conversations you had with your ex-husband takes you back to other things you're like that that was that visceral thing right you're like oh my gosh that so that's the work you have to do so melissa and i the conversations that we've had um leading up to her moving to bowling green and then being in bowling green we've had a lot of conversations about um about our trauma experiences and a lot that have um rotated around her moving out there not wanting to take um the story really with her to Kentucky and um you know where I mean you know this is kind of a funny way to say it but hi I'm Melissa I was sexually abused how are you I'm from California I was sexually abused as a child I mean and not to say that that's what we do because it's not what we do but she doesn't want that to be part of her story or maybe going into a new relationship you know she's having dinner her you know maybe she's on a third date with with Mr. Handsome or whatever and um, she's like, hey, I just wanted, to, I just wanted you to know that I was, you know, sexually abused as a child. I mean, uh, you know, so and it's like, how, you know, does this become, does this go with me to Bowling Green? Does it not? How does this, you know, not wanting this to be part of her story? And so we've really wrestled with this, and um, and I, I, I have too to an extent because for so long it really wasn't part of my stuff. Until I realized that it so much was because I wasn't talking about it. It so much was that all my quirks and weirdnesses and, I mean, oh my gosh, so many of the destructive things I was doing in my marriage, I realized was based on my triggers of trauma that it was because I didn't talk about it, right? So... Um, I think, I think you're going to have to come up with a balance. Like, what does that look like? I don't think it has to become, Hey dude, um, we can't really have a relationship until you really understand me or this or that or the other. But I mean, there's, there might be just some more work you need to do. And I really think it maybe is revolved around the weak and needy piece of it. I don't even know if it has to do with much anything else other than how, and then the, the eating stuff, of course, um, in, in that podcast, the one that, that will air before this one, um, when I, I was thinking, okay, is there anything, when I was listening to it and I was trying to figure out what was the, I wonder if there's any piece maybe that, sh- that Melissa would be more comfortable with if we remove something maybe. And um, the specific pieces about some of the actual like stuff that happened, I was thinking maybe it's that, maybe there was, there was some of that. And then there was, um, you described two specific pieces of abuse. Um, one of them just disgusting pig that he is. And then the other one, him and his friends and just at the lake. And I was like, well, you could remove those, I guess. And we could just, you know, leave the listeners to just kind of know that, bad things happened, right? Because that's where I'm leaving it with my stuff. However, so poignant, the the piece at the lake, because of where you're at in your life today with your overeaters stuff and stuff like that. I think there's just still work to be done. And I think the weak and needy thing is, yeah, you're going to, you're going to totally, 
laugh at me. There is a Glee episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole that's a whole other podcast. The there is a the there is a Glee episode, you guys, that um they are putting on t-shirts. They and which Melissa loves t-shirts and we're talking about making t-shirts, right? Um that they put their their weakness or their whatever on and they like do this um I think it's a um oh my gosh oh my gosh I totally lost her her name Lady Gaga Lady Gaga song on and um they're doing a routine to it or whatever and they all have to put on like their thing that they're kind of shame have a shame about or whatever and I'm thinking maybe someday Melissa you have to have a t-shirt that says weak and needy and you have to walk around or something I don't know I don't know. Yeah, and I, you know, while you're while you were talking about that too, and I know this will unfold over time because that's just how the Lord works, and I trust in that. Yeah. No matter what, that I know that something's going to come of this, and I'm just in the middle of it, or just kind of yeah, I just am in the middle of it, and yeah, I I do have this awful feeling about being thought of as weak and needy. And I thought it just kind of popped into my brain while you were talking and saying that is that, isn't that who God made us to be? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So why am I so offended by that? And it, you know, what's so interesting is I think that I could go pull a hundred people that know you right now and not one person would use those words. Not one not even your ex-husbands. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, not even your ex-husbands. Like that would be, if I even had, if I had 20 words on a page, those would be the last two that were would be used for you. So it's very, it's just very interesting to me because, I mean, I just remember when you, when this kind of all came about, um, a few years ago, those words, I was like, I was offended because I was like, okay, wait, whoa, 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 what? I never, I mean, that wouldn't even be in the Melissa Calvert vocabulary, like of description words for you. So, so I get it. I get it because for me, there's, there's probably trigger words for me too. And, and probably weak would probably be one of those too, if I think about it, because I, again, um, for me, I, I have to be in control and I am thought of as, I mean, I think of myself as I'm strong. I'm strong and I have to, you know, I'm in control and I can manage things and yeah. So I'm go-to person and all of that. So if someone was to call me weak, I, I don't mind being a little bit needy at times when it comes to my husband, I think. But in other circumstances, I don't think I'd want to be needy either. So. Well, and the interesting thing is, as I was telling Janet earlier before we started recording, that I'm the actual, I'm actually the one who spoke those words into existence. Yeah. And I found that in a my little phone journal, and it was from 2016. So I, you know, was thinking I'm the one who spoke that out, and then having my person who, like, to me, is the best of the best to have who is saying that to me just like shocked to me. But 
And then when you were talking, I had that other thought too of that I I never ask with my voice for help. Um, you know, I'll ask for help in in the broad sense if I need help lifting something and I know I can't lift it by myself or, you know, but there's a lot of things that I could ask for help on and I don't because I don't want to bother people. But it's so apparent how much help I do need. <laughs> you know, and I think that Jason read that right. You know, I think that it wasn't that I physically needed help from him. I needed him to help me be okay with myself emotionally. Right. And I don't think that's fair to even ask that of anybody, any human being, actually, you know. Yeah. I think that that help only comes from God when it comes to the the value of who you are and having permission to do the things that you want to do. I think that has to come from God. Yeah. And I think what I was asking for Jason was to be godlike. Right. Yeah. And the, the you have to you have to dig deep within yourself. You have to have that. That does come from God, and then the other the pieces from people are just support. They're supported roles, right? They're just being yeah. there for yes. you, allowing you to be broken, allowing you to be healing, allowing you. I'm I'm trying to get away from using like terms like I'm broken I'm 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 gonna be I'm healing instead or I'm I'm yeah I'm picking up the pieces yeah. instead of being broken now so yeah I, I you but I have supported you know you're a supportive person in my life and so um but I don't I'm not gonna you're, you're not the person that's gonna fix me I don't expect you to fix me that's between God and I and so um yeah. And I do think that sometimes, and I think that's why a lot of relationships do fail, though, is because you do really put a lot of that on somebody else. And, but I don't necessarily think that you were doing that, not definitely not, not consciously, for sure. No. But I don't think you even realized, I don't think until you even got to rehab in Kentucky, I don't even think you <laughs> were realizing some of the stuff that you needed to work on. No, yeah. zero. Yeah. I I have always felt like, oh, okay, this is something I need to think about and work on. Okay, I'm going to work on it. Um, and I've always been one I hope has been teachable. Mm -hmm. But I am now looking back on, you know, my childhood and you learn how to handle relationships, good or bad, from the adults that are around you. So even though I have such great, amazing qualities that I can bring into a relationship, I really haven't learned how to be in a healthy relationship. And so that's something, again, I'm so grateful for you because even sitting here, that has been an epiphany for me. Mm -hmm. Even though I've read books or the Hold Me Tight, which I need to go revisit, I think, because... And I'm grateful that I haven't found anybody to be in a relationship with, but I also haven't been inviting it either. Right. I'm, I'm, I can tell that I am very closed off to that and not in a like mean or anything way. I just, I feel different because I know what I'm like when I'm out on the hunt. Mm. I know what I do. I know how I behave. 
and I haven't brought that. I did kind of act like that in the beginning because I was so lonely and mm-hmm. just so, oh, it was awful. But thank God there was, you know, an ugly plumber and <laughs> electricians. <laughs> you know, I thank God for that because now I know that I don't have that vibe that I'm putting out that right. I'm hunting right. or I'm open. Yeah. I'm actually very closed and friendly, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm just not putting out that right. vibe of that I want to be in a relationship with anybody. And our my neighbor Nadine, her her boyfriend had asked me, I don't know, probably about 2 months ago if I was interested in dating anybody. And in my brain I thought, I wonder if he is thinking of a specific person. Right. Or something. And I and I just said, Oh yeah, no, Eric, I'm I'm definitely not interested in dating anybody and I said, I've got some things I need to work on. And it's interesting as I say that, you I'm thinking I've gotta work on some things, which I know I do, but then I do know that I'm gonna have to test the work. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that scares me to even think that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm excited for you though, but yeah, but you also have a brand new job starting and so you'll get to, you'll get to test things in different ways too, not just an intimate relationship type thing, but just even, just even relationships in general, you're going to have new relationships starting um, with your new job. So yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to building a community. Mm -hmm around me in this area and I feel it's been so fitting that I've been here a whole year now and today was the day a year ago that my kids left Mm. and I drove to the airport today a year ago (laughs) so I am so thrilled with how the Lord does things like that and just it's almost a full circle moment that I lived here for a year and even though I planned, you know, back in February, I put things into place in order to get this job that I have now. But how, how wonderful he is that he didn't let it happen. And he let me have this whole year to just figure some stuff out and just to feel, and just to cry and (laughs) do all of those things. And I know, I know it's got to be a little, little frustrating for you in a sense that you feel like okay, this is good because you've done such amazing work and you've come so far. You, your, your level of self-love and self-care is, is higher than it's ever been. But then you open yeah. these journals or you listen to that podcast and you feel like, crap, I've just taken some steps backwards or whatever. But it really isn't steps backward in a sense because it's kind of on a different playing field. It's not that you're taking steps backwards on self-care or self-love. It's just that trauma piece is real. It's real. And there's obviously some stuff, some work that you still need to do. And maybe it's God's way of just saying, I know you said you didn't want to bring this with you. Unfortunately, this is a part of you. And you're kick-ass, and this is just part of of being kick-ass is unfortunately this is part of your story. It doesn't mean that you have to have it written on your forehead and you have to shake hands with everybody and tell everybody about it. However, it is part of you. It's what has made you. I know that for me, 
I don't think I could do the job I'm doing in juvenile dependency without the experiences I've had in trauma. Um, because it really does make me look at all the pieces differently than I think some of the other attorneys do. And um, sometimes I just have to hold my tongue because I know there's certain things happening that I'm like, okay, all right. You guys look at it the legal way. I'm going to go ahead and I know these emotional pieces are happening or whatever. So um, there's just some some things that I know God has me in certain places and he has me digging. It, it, that, that trauma piece is scratched sometimes when I don't want it to be, but it's for a purpose. And I have to just trust that. So... Um, I know that you don't want it to be there in Warren County, but it is. So, sorry about that. Okay, number <laughs> one, thank you for remembering the county. You're welcome. Love it you're welcome. so much. Hey, you're my bestie. And hey, just so you know, insecure. In, my, my insecurity is going to come out right now a little bit. You say, you know, you're going to build a community. So, I hope you, my picture better be your screensaver on your phone when you go to work. And you need to be like, hey, um, yeah. So when you get asked out, you know, to go, you know, to a function or you guys want to go get drinks tonight or whatever. Yeah. Did you, did you know I have a best friend? Here's my best friend's picture. My name's Shannon. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Yeah. No, no. You, I'm excited. You, I'm excited well, for you. Yeah. You'll never have to worry that I'm going to replace <laughs> you with a Kentucky Shannon. Nobody can replace you. Thank you. Because and there better not be a Shannon, period. Oh, my gosh. That would be a real problem. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> hey, I met this girl, Shannon. I'd have oh, to call her gosh. by her little name. You saw <laughs> I don't even know. That's, so That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no one's tried to take your place here. I think they all know. They all know. <laughs> Kim comes close sometimes, you know. I'm like, she goes, I know I can't completely step in there. I'm just kidding. I guess to wrap it up, which we've done really well at, by the way. The, this one, I know the one we did really good on release. time. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to continue, I guess, to work through is number one, knowing that's going to be released on Sunday. Which I feel, I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. I feel very good about it. Okay. I good. feel. I feel. That, yeah, it was just one of those things I had to use in order to get to this place where I am at today. And and I'm okay with that. And But I'm not okay with not understanding what's going on with that. So I'm still going to okay. look into that. I'm because I, I think I want our, po- our podcast to be more of, yes, or sorry, not more of, but just consisting of, equal balance that yes we're real people and we have real problems and we also want to figure out how to move ahead in those problems so that other people absolutely. can move ahead also yes so absolutely it's it's interesting that you speak those things out because we do when when i'm feeling good i speak out all these things that then when i'm feeling bad i feel like a total idiot because i brought <laughs> it on myself is basically what happens. <laughs> I get that. And yeah. so am I really am I really honest when I say I want to use everything in my life for good for others. Right. Because then my clock, what my happens? My clock is going off. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't hear it. 
Maybe I'll hear it in your recording, but I don't hear it in here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we get tested a lot with yeah. how we say we want to be. And then when those things come to pass, they actually come with pain first. And then you have a baby. <laughs> That's exactly all I can yes, think about. Exactly. It, you know? Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the pain I was feeling before we started this podcast and in that conversation that we started with is completely gone now. I feel just complete peace now. Oh, good. And good. it must be in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I think we've done a good job then. I think so, so too. I think so too. So what is going on with the rest of your day and the week? I am, I've just got a lot of um, work to do. I've got some estate plans to do. I've got a trial I'm prepping for. Um, And yeah, that's what I'm doing. I've got court tomorrow for guardianship. And then I've got court on Friday. And yeah, that's what's happening. My kids, um, well, Miranda, um, the only one that actually still lives here, she's away for the week. Um, with her boyfriend's family, her boyfriend and her boyfriend's family at Pismo Beach. And then Zach, who's usually here a lot but doesn't live here, um, he's camping with his girlfriend and their family. So Mark and I are actually empty nesters this week. So it's lovely (laughs) and hilarious because we're like, this is too crazy. Like, it's weird. It's just weird that we don't have to worry about anything else this week. So that's been kind of fun. Um, yeah, so that's just really what's been going on. We're going to, we might, if he does not work Saturday, we might actually go camp overnight, um, this weekend. Just, just like real impromptu, not even take a lot of stuff. We might even just grab takeout on the way up there, not even really cook up there, just very impromptu. So we'll see. And that's my, that's, that's my amazing. Deal. I know. What are you going to do, Melissa? What's your week so look like? I'm- yeah, let's see. Today, I'm just waiting for my shipment to come from Amazon because my workout juice is on its way. And I feel like if I don't have my juice, I can't work out. Uh, <laughs> but it's coming. I saw it's coming today. <laughs> um, and then, oh, I'm going to go to Kiwanis with Nadine tomorrow. Oh, good. And yeah, that should be interesting. And then, yeah, Friday, I'm just starting this job that's going to change my whole life. <laughs> That's all. Not a big deal. That's so fun. I can't wait. I can't. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to do. I know. Then this will be like three. You know, they won't hear about how the new job goes for like three weeks because we won't. Yeah, but that's okay. I'll hear about yeah, it before yeah. you guys do. Uh-huh. So we'll have to. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do a podcast about that. That'll be fun. So. Yeah, I'm really excited. He told me I talked to my supervisor yesterday, which is the guy I believe. That was in the second interview with me. So the first interview, I believe, were like all captains and above and volunteers. And then, so there's a captain over dispatch. And then in dispatch, there's three supervisors. And then there's a supervisor over those supervisors. And that's who I talked to yesterday. He's, I went and had my fingerprints done. And then, but he told me that for now... I will be working the um, morning shift. So my shift starts at 6 a.m. 
which I'm really excited about because those that's just my my jam already. I know. I'm like that is Melissa's like sweet spot right there. I'm like, oh, that would I would want to just go and just bury myself. But that's Melissa's jam. Yeah. She gets she's like a five no, a.m. girl, so it's all good. That's yeah. Cool. I'm gonna enjoy that. So yeah. So that's what I'm gonna do on Friday. Very cool. I'm excited. Awesome. I know. Me too. Oh, good. Thank you, Lord. Very cool. All right. Well, go that was and amazing. And, I think we. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I think I think we um, unpacked quite a bit actually and explained some stuff, which is good. Awesome. And again, we did. yeah. I, I took a. I took a picture of something, and I don't know if I'm going to share it on, but I thought maybe I will, because it, it just, I met this Malia at that crazy conference I went to in January. Oh, yeah. Where, that one. Oh, the cult, yeah. So, But I met Malia out of it, and Barbara and Diane, which we, we still keep in touch, and so we're Facebook friends, and this morning she had shared this, and I read it, and I thought, wow, this is perfect for what? we are discussing and how I have been feeling. So I wanted to read it and I thought if it, if it works, then I'll leave it in Okay. <laughs> before we say goodbye. Okay. So it says the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's by Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Isn't that beautiful? I do really like that. I think it's true. I love that. Very cool. Yeah. I love so, you, Melissa. Thank you, Malia. I love you too. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't because you know me I'm gonna cry too I made it through one podcast without crying I know I'm so and excited now it's, now defeat, it's over defeated it's, it's all good <laughs> I love it I love all it right. all right well have a good day I love you you too I love you too bye bye